if you find yourself saying I am, try to say, I feel like I can't, and then try to break that down more. Welcome to The Sandbox with Justin Peters, connecting you to the ideas and tools to improve your life. Now let's go. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to The Sandbox. Of course, my name is Justin Peters. I am your host, and uh, this is my experimental podcast where I bring on interesting guests that uh, can give you thoughts, feedback, advice on how to become a superstar in your life. Um, and speaking of life right now, it's a little bit of a crazy time. If you're listening to this in real time, um, we hopefully everybody is staying safe out there. And for those not listening in real time, you guys remember that whole uh, corona crisis that we had? Um, yeah, so it's it's kind of crazy right now, and it's really fascinating. We're pretty much on 100% lockdown. Um, everybody is hunkering down in their homes and um, it's it's really sad. Like I said, I hope everybody's safe out there. I feel for anyone who has been laid off during um, this time. But a silver lining to it all is I feel like everybody I talk to has a ton of more time to invest into different things that they may have been putting off. So this is a great time, I think, to connect with your spouse or pick up that, that project that um, you've always wanted to work on. Or, um, you know, even get your health back in order if you have, uh, of course, if you have an at-home gym, but there's plenty of exercises and things you can do as well and not even needing any gym equipment. But uh, today's guest is someone that I don't think really needed that extra time. I I brought him on board because I find, I, I really admire the fact that he is a rock star in so many different facets of his life. Not only um, is he crushing his career, he has a really solid relationship. He's hyper involved in different extracurricular activities from from sports to nonprofit work to um, being involved with with his his school. And he's also going back and getting his MBA right now. Uh, so he uh, he he is one of my good friends, um, really a role model that I looked up to. He will deny everything that I'm saying right here <laughs> and, and say that he's really not a superstar uh, in all those facets. But but don't let him lie to you. Uh, he really is amazing. So I hope you guys enjoy my conversation with Kevin McWilliams. Kevin, what's up, man? Welcome to Sandbox. Up, How you doing? Thanks for having me on. Yeah. yeah. So. Uh, yeah, I've been really looking forward to this conversation. Um, in my intro, I mentioned I really admire you. You and I connected. Um, actually, we both went to Webster University but didn't know each other when we yeah. went to school. You're a few years older than I am, but we connected into a group called um, Alumni in the Community, which you actually co-founded, um, which is essentially a young alumni group for Webster University. And um, I, 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 I'm really privileged to... Um, you know, meet you and some of your other friends, Eric and Joaquil. I feel like all three of you have become like my big brothers and my mentors, and my role models. Um, and then well, you, need it, better, you need better mentors, but other than that, <laughs> you know. no, no, I, I think you guys are, are great. Uh, but it's cool because I've seen you um, in terms of you and your friends and with with the work with the young alumni group in uh, recreational sports. I've seen how you've dealt with with um, Amber, your wife. And it's amazing that uh, you can juggle so many of these balls on the air, and like I said, really be um, in a you know really be a rock star in each one of these areas of your life. 
Um, so I think the easy question for me to start with would be, how do you maintain that balance? Um, but I want to dive a little bit deeper on that. I want to know, as you've gotten older, how do you evaluate uh, what's important of you, where you should be spending your time? And then when you do have to say no to something, how do you say no? Yeah, I think um, a lot of it comes from uh, the, the current state, which was uh, getting out of college, wanting to do as much as I could, learn as much as I could, experience as much as I could. And, you know, like creating uh, great relationships with people like you and whoever else. I, I just always loved saying yes. And I think uh, as time goes on and um, as priorities get set in stone a little bit with having a family and like taking care of three crazy dogs and um, doing other things in your career, I think it's been enlightening for me to think about instead of like, being so wide across all these different things and like learning as much as I can and doing as much as I can. It's like, what really matters now that I've like tasted and done so many different things. What are the things that matter the most? And it's like doubling down on family, you know, it's tripling down on health. It's like trying to figure out that balance. And I don't have it yet. And it's something that we've been working on my wife and I on, you know, for the last couple of years and we're still not there yet, but uh, trying to do a little bit of self auditing on like, what are the things that you're doing? Like, what are your goals? Like, what are you interested in? Like, what what do you say matters to you? And then like, a little bit of like, what are you doing with your time? Mm-hmm. And then how do you like ease that back to like, what your priorities are and where your goals are? Because I think, you know, we get so um, bogged down by being productive and like doing things, but like, what are the outcomes that you're trying to drive towards? And I think we've been trying to, to be honest with ourselves on like, Man, it's like for me, like a lot of life is like taking a step back and like looking 20 years down the road. It's like stop looking at like lifting and like look at health and wellness. Like, mm. how's that going to work for me for the next 30 years? And like, I don't have to do this big workout. Like, I just need to be consistent, mm. like with my eating and drinking water. And so, uh, I don't know really if that answered your question at all, but like, that's kind of how I've been thinking about like, um priorities and it's like we have a finite amount of time one thing that like amber and i are both yes people and so like we 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 found like we're running around and not spending time with each other Mm. like not creating space for each other Mm. and like putting ourselves first as like the first thing and then putting things around us um so that's the biggest thing that we're still work on is like do we have date night like and i think it's so hard because Amber is my like operational partner, like running a house, having dogs, you know, all that kind of stuff, paying the bills. Mm -hmm. And she's also like the love of my life. So Mm -hmm. like, um, where do you create space for both of those things? Because I think a lot of times we conflate those two things too much. And it's like, we're not, you know, we don't have the space to be like romantic and just to appreciate each other. Mm -hmm. Um, So how, how have you, how have you divided um, those two titles on that front in terms of like, Hey, she is like a sense, like my business partner, my life partner. Mm -hmm. She's helping me do all the things that have to happen, but she also is who I love. So how, how do you, how do you shift states, um, and make sure that, that the romance is still flourishing in your life? Uh, still a work in progress. And I think it always will be. I think like we try to communicate as much as possible, like as candidly as possible, but it's being really intentional with the time. It's like, are we doing a date night with our phones down? Um, are, is this the time that we have together? What are our expectations for that? And then 
um, okay, we're going to look at finances, you know, every other week, we're going to like, look at the to-do list, we're going to like, what matters to us, where's our money going, stuff like that. So it's like, it's, it's not trying to like, be on a date and be like, Oh, by the way, um, we need to do this thing. It's like, Hey, this is, this is date night. Like, you know, we have a time set aside for that and really trying to set enough time, like guarding that time for both of those things. Mm. Uh, instead of being like, Oh, well, you know, so-and-so wants to go do this. We can move that. It's just us, you know? Yeah. Um, but it's like, that's sacred. It's, it's not there yet, but it's gotta be sacred time for us. So is there specific language that the two of you use whenever um, one of you or the other person, like maybe, I, I, I don't want to use the word present, but but I'll use mm. the word present. Whenever mm -hmm. the other person isn't necessarily present or, you know, somewhat absent in the relationship, is there friendly language that you guys can use to be like, hey, I need your time, your attention, not, I, I don't need to do operation right now, but I, I just need the two of us. Yeah, I think... I think that's a big part of like setting the expectations ahead of time so that when you do have that conversation in the middle, it's, it's less defensive. Mm. It's the conversation is, Hey, we said we wouldn't use phones during this time. Like, you know, I would appreciate it if you didn't do that as opposed to like, Hey, get off your phone or like, you know what I mean? Like it just feels like if you don't set that expectation ahead of time, the conversation's harder to have in the moment, or it can be done in a, in a way that I don't think, I think we would, we would try to do over. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. So what, uh, is there specific, uh, you, you said the word priorities. Mm -hmm. Um, is there specific priorities that, that you're working on in, in 2020 right now in that, that you could share? Uh, we usually do like a, um, a, a yearly, um, goal setting, uh, kind of workshop. Mm -hmm. And, uh, so t tell so me we, more about that. What does that look like? Yeah. Well, honestly, so you and Amber looks, do it together. Amber and I, sit down and we have mimosas somewhere so <laughs> yes <laughs> so so we uh uh can like speak freely and um we talk we, you know we just talk through like what are the things that we think are both important for us and as individuals you know like because i want to be able to support her um she's so good about um supporting others and so she's been just the greatest support of my life but i want to know more she's so concerned about others I want to draw out of her what is important to her and where does she want to go so that I can help support her proactively um, as, a, um, as opposed to like one day her being like, well, you know, I'm helping you all the time, but like, what are you doing for me? So we sit down and like, we try to like talk through all that stuff. And then, um, you know, we revisit that list later. Uh, we try to, we try to define it as best as possible. Like what are the high level goals? What does that look like? And then what are some action items we can take on that stuff? Hmm. Um, and then we revisit that later and we try to put it into like more of an action plan and kind of um, piece out where all that stuff lives. Yeah. So so me, maybe three years ago, would have heard that and been like, wow, that sounds super boring. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'm not yeah. looking forward to adult life. But it's interesting how I've changed my frame of reference over the last few years in terms of like, now health and wellness is more important to me. Having a real, like having a really um, stable relationship and not only stable, but like making her my number one is also important to me. And some of the other stuff falls by the wayside, you know, the partying and even some of the hobbies that didn't really bring me joy. Yeah. Um, what, do you, what do you think? And it seems like most people naturally go through this, this progression. What, what is it, uh, you know, what, what are your thoughts on like why, you think people go through this? I think that sometimes for me, I'll speak for me. 
Sure. I think I have, what I've realized is that it's so important to be intentional about everything I do. It's mm. like what I want to accomplish at work for like the week. Like I don't just go to work and start answering emails. Like I know what I want to accomplish outside of the emails, outside of like people messaging me, you know what I mean? Um, the same way with health, the same way with like, um, with love. And I think that for me, I was just so unintentional. I was kind of like letting life happen to me as opposed to like making it happen for what I want out of it, not thinking through some of that why. And I think like Amber has created a lot of that purpose for me and then like, oh man, like, you know, these are the things that matter. Like it just like, for me, like creates a lot of clarity that like and like we've become really uh, become really close with like her sister and her sister's husband and uh, brother and things like that and like having that core and like really honestly um like trying to like reconnect with with my mom like yeah. in a more intentional way you know i think that it's like man like i had a lot of fun i did a lot of stuff but like how does that how like the people that are going to be there when i'm like 60 or 80 like what does that look like you know what i mean mm-hmm. And it all matters to start doing right now because it's going to pay the most dividends, you know, and and it sucks because like, I'm such like a believer and a lover of people that it's hard to like see relations, like not continue to like water certain relationships and things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I, I love learning people's stories and you know, what makes them tick and and all those types of things. But um, it's just, it's just important because those things are going to come and go. There's just some things that come in cycles I think once you go through some of those cycles and then you've been like, Hey, this is the person for me. I think it starts to like really provide some clarity. Mm. So I I'm interested to know how you maybe even leave behind some relationships that are no more like no longer, you know, providing joy into your life. I think that, um, I think it's kind of like the auditing thing. It's like, um, there are people that you will be there for people and, I think you'll learn that you may, you may be there because you like to help them and like, um, but you may not be getting things in return. Um, so it's like, I really love this person, but I feel like there's always drama and there's always conflict. And I'm like, you know, there's, it's, it doesn't feel like they're supporting you. Mm. Um, and I know that's like kind of harsh, sure. but it's like with the finite amount of time in your life, who are the people that are bringing you the most joy and, and um, who are you bringing joy to and trying to say, you know, you know, these are kind of my people and th- yeah. that'll change as, as time comes. But like, you know, I think Amber and I have identified the people that like the, the couples and individuals that, that we think have really um, that make us better people mm-hmm. that like set the bar higher for us um, that, that just bring us love and joy um it's there's there's it's really case by case and some of them like i think if someone's listening to this right now they can think about the people that they're like that that jump out in their mind that they don't know how to have that conversation Mm. um i think some of it's like having the conversation it's like hey not like hey i'm i'm moving on from you yeah like what is that what are the things that are going on in your relationship that you would like to change instead of like ghosting people it's like Hey man, like, um, if, if I'm, if I'm like mad at you, it's just like, Hey man, like I notice like in our relationship sometimes, like, um, I'm like there for you and things like that. And like, I want to like, 
you know, reframe our friendship in a way that like is, I don't know, it's, it's, it's being honest and asking for things that you need back in the relationship. Yeah. Uh, instead of just like cutting people, Definitely. you know what I mean? Uh, if you're not honest, I think the easy way is to just like stop, like slowly returning people's texts and not being able to, to join certain events and things like that. But um, I think if you're really honest with them, I think those relationships can turn around, you sure. know what I mean? But, but I think realistically you only have enough time and space for so many people. Mm. Yeah, that's it's so much harder to have that tough conversation. It, the easy route out is just to ignore them. Um, but you're right; it's it's having that conversation with the buddy you always partied with, and it's like, hey, man, like, I, I really love you, and it's like you mean a lot to me. Um, but the only time you you hit me up to hang out is to go out, and I've just decided that that excessive drinking isn't a priority in my life anymore. But I'd love to try to find a way. Uh, for us to hang out outside of that setting, and usually yeah. a lot of people, I you feel wanna... like, respond well to that. Like, oh, I, yeah. you're right. I've actually been, I've been working on the same thing. Like you, yeah. and I see you've been working out a lot. You mind if I just like join you while you work out sometimes, and you transform the relationship? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah, it's like, hey man, like, uh, I'm, I'm sorry for saying no to some of these things. You know, can we like spend some time one on one instead of just like mm. as a group, um, going for a hike, you know, getting some coffee, and if like that like like is not where they're at they're not going to want to hang out with you a little bit too yeah. you know what i mean it's like being authentic with them and like kind of showing them communicating like how you're changing and where you're going um so that they can also figure out if that's where they want to go too but i think it's like we kind of like okay i'm gonna like this is my drinking buddy so i'm gonna like go out there and like make it happen for him even though it's mm-hmm. like i'd rather be kind of sitting at home and like i don't know whatever <laughs> watching netflix and going to bed early <laughs> Fair, fair. So uh, speaking of priorities, you um, also decided to go back to school and get your MBA um, at, at Webster University where you got your undergrad, correct? Yeah. Um, so what, what led to that decision? Why did you decide to, to go back and go to school? I think for a long time, I kind of badmouthed uh, the MBA program for a long time. Uh, not, not Webster's in particular, mm-hmm. but just um, in general. And I think for me, um, what I, for me personally, what I didn't want to do is like go directly into grad school after college. I wanted to wait for it to be like really, it just became really applicable for what I was doing and where I was wanting to learn and grow. And I felt like I could improve my career by learning the things that an MBA offered. Um, so, so I think it's really tough to like be married and take night classes and do homework when, you know, we're always already really busy. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I personally um, put growth and learning above a lot right now in my life. And I've, I've made certain choices to double and triple down on that. Like that, that is a priority for me um, for a lot of reasons. But like for me, like I was a late bloomer. And um, so I feel like I'm, I'm trying to catch up so fast. Like, I feel like I spent so much time, like not doing the things that I should have been doing or like feeling like I could. And now I'm in my life where I feel empowered to go do that. So I have to go do things like this. Like, um, I'm so- capable of it. And, you know, um, I <laughs> spent a lot of time not doing that. So, yeah. So, so what do you mean by late bloomer? Like what, yeah. what, what gives you that frame of reference? Yeah. So, um, back in like middle school and high school, I was pretty apathetic. Um, I had really terrible grades. Um, <laughs> and, uh, it's funny, like when you meet people and like, 
you like, like my mentors, it's, it's always hard to like hear that they were like, not the hero that I've always seen them as. Mm. Um, and like, for me, like I've come a long way. You might be like, Oh, Kevin's fine. But like, you know, like I've come a long way. Like, yeah. um, I got into Webster on academic probation. Mm. Um, I had like a two, four, two, five in high school. Like I wasn't truly sure I was going to graduate. I just like, I had like really smart friends that were like, like, that like sports like me and were athletic and, but like, you know, like honor roll student kids. And I just thought they were just smarter than me, like just straight smart. And like, I didn't realize that like, this sounds ridiculous. Like I legit didn't realize that if you just put the time and the effort in, like those, those are the people getting grades. I thought it was just easy for them. Mm. Like, no, they were just structured and put in the time and then knew they could do it. I just didn't think I was very smart at all. And it took like a lot of, um, a lot of leadership opportunities uh, for me in college to find that self-efficacy um, to be like, oh shit, like I can do whatever I wanted to do. Not like whatever I wanted to do, but like I'm capable of growing and learning and like I'm not like set for a certain lifestyle. I'm not set for, you know, there's not a ceiling on me. Um, so that was like such a big aha moment. So I like, I read 20 books in a year because wow. I was like, I need, I, I spent all this time not reading and there's all these books that like, like this is what smart people do. They read. So like, yeah. I'm going to read all the books I can. So, uh, but, but your story, yeah, your story sounds like someone who had a fixed mindset that yeah. changed things around and really became a growth mindset. Is that fair to, to say? And I think like we all have a fixed mindset in certain things that we still have to overcome. Like more than not, I now believe that like, um, I can, I can put myself in the situation and fail and grow and learn. And I'll eventually like, it'll, there's going to be a tipping point and I'll have confidence in that thing. Like I picked up soccer in like college and mm. I played it for like 10 years. Wow. And then like, now I'm like a, a really average player. You, really you're exciting. a pretty good player. Yeah. <laughs> very average, very average. And I think like, <laughs> like there was times that I didn't know what to do with the ball. Like I have no foot skills. Like I've not been someone who played sports with my feet. Um, but I like stuck in there. I really enjoyed it. And I just kind of like not being able to like practice as kids do when they're like learning a sport, I've just had games and then mm -hmm. I stuck with it. Cause I really, I now really love soccer. So, you know, it's things like that. It's things like, like grammar, it's things like for me, you know, we all have these like things that we've spent more time on because we were good at it at an early age. And there's things that we are like a little insecure about. And for me, I feel like I can now I have the confidence and the self-efficacy to like fill those gaps a little bit and also try to understand like where I thrive and what I really like. Mm. So what, what are your thoughts generally on, cause I hear conflicting thoughts on this a lot. A lot of people say, um, ignore your weaknesses and build on your strengths while some say, uh, understand your weaknesses and, and figure out ways to grow those weaknesses. Where is that balance? Because we all have a finite amount of time. Um, where's that balance in, in your, in your head, uh, of what I'm good at, um, and how I can use that versus what I'm bad at and, and where do I need to, where do I need to spend time to improve? I think it just depends on like, I'm not going to like go learn guitar because I want, I think, cause I'm not good at it. Um, I think like my inability for like grammar or reading is something that like is, is like where I want to go and something that I think that, um, in the long run will help me. Um, so it's like, 
I just think it's like trying to self audit, like where you want to go and what you want to do and the things that will be helpful to you. And just knowing that like you can overcome any shortcomings or like, and honestly, like if there's like something that's like really crippling, like something like you're really insecure about, I think it's important to face some of those things. So it, it, it doesn't put you in that disadvantage. So there's no, like, unfortunately I think it's like really personal for people. Like, I think there's some people that, the things that they're really talented in and their passion, like, you know, is, is their jam. And there's like, they don't need to spend time on random things because they're not good at it. Um, For me, it's important to like, for me, balance is really important. And like, I think I just like to learn new things. And so I do take on a little more like adjacent things than most people do. Um, But. So, um, getting back to the fixed versus growth mindset, if, if someone's identified, um, that they might have a bit of a fixed mindset and they, they want to progress towards a growth mindset. And I I know it's not a binary, you have a a fixed mindset or you have a growth mindset and you mentioned there's areas that you might, and there's areas that, that you might have growth mindset in, but do you have a, 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 a general structure or, um, some some kind of more succinct step-by-step process if someone's identified they have a fixed mindset and they want to progress towards a growth mindset? What I think would be the steps? Man, that's so hard. Um, I think the awareness is is huge. Is like understanding that like, I think I'm, I'm dumb. I, you know, I think I'm whatever. Like, I am statements. Mm. Um, I think if you, it's hard because like, they're just people that, um, for me, I didn't know until I found success in something. Mm. And then I was like, oh man, like what a game changer. Like there were people that believed in me before I believed in me. And then that like caught fire. Mm. So I think there's a lot of really great content out there. That's, that's kind of making people more aware of it. I would encourage those who have super growth mindsets to like help push those who don't and to like, um, show help them find success in like little really small incremental ways um to help them catch that fire like i'm so passionate about like wanting to help people find that in themselves because it was such a game changer for me and i'm so grateful for the people that invested time and energy to like help me find it within myself because like i (laughs) i didn't know if i was going to college i didn't know what i was going to do with my if i was going to have a career like a job and i know that's like there's there's a difference there and like Mm. the people that spent the time to do that i'm forever grateful for Mm. you know what i mean so if you if you find yourself aware of those things i would say put yourself around people that are really good at those things Mm. you know like be a sponge like i asked the stupid questions i didn't want to ask those people (laughs) like 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 what does this mean and like like um how how do I get started? Like, are there resources? I would just like, I think there are people that are willing to ask those questions and maybe sometimes you'll get like, you don't know what that is. But I mean, mm-hmm. truthfully, like I started an, in, uh, an internship in finance and it was like, I don't know what half the shit is, man. Like I was not like really well versed in finance. And I saw them asking these really stupid questions and sometimes getting looks and sometimes someone's like, <laughs> yeah, let me take you through this. Like, let me show you some resources. So I would just say like, Look, look for people you look up to in those ways and try to like be vulnerable and mm-hmm. ask those questions. Yeah. And it's, uh, I, I love the thoughts on the I am statements and I love the general thought of like, 
going to tackle something or learning something from scratch. Because what I found, the, the demarcation point um, for me, and this is really the foundation for my podcast, is to help snowball people in the right direction. Like it's it's to get yeah. someone to take a little step. Like someone someone hears the I am state, like the advice that you gave on the I am statements, and then they start recording every time they say an I am statement, and they try to reframe that or move away from that or prove themselves wrong in that sense. There's so many of us that have um really not learn something from scratch since maybe we yeah. were really young like yeah. when, when's the last time you picked up a new sport or a new hobby or you know went and and learned a new topic from a hundred percent um from the ground up and like we do that all the time from you know zero to 13 and then we get in our space um we start worrying about public perspective perception yeah. and we have the expectations on us yeah. let me let me just say this um so if you find yourself saying I am, try to say, I feel like I can't. And then try to break that down more and say, I feel like this is in my way. Or I don't have the reason. Like try to like really unpack why you feel like you can't do something. Because we stop at saying I am or I can't. But the truth is like the people that are good at stuff just put in the time. And like that was such a, like a game changer for me. I was like, like I, as, as a competitive person growing up, I'd love if you were bigger than me or stronger than me or faster than me. Like I, I was so down to like, try to like, like beat someone five years older than me. Like, so like, Oh, if it's just time and energy, like that's free, man. Like that don't cost shit, man. That is, that's not, that's, that's just what you want to put into it, man. Mm. So like, I think about the the dude, like at the gym, who's just big. And I'm like, fuck man. Like I can't be as big as that guy. But I'm not like, oh, this dude's worked out for like 15 years. Like we don't, we don't, we don't put that together. We're just like, oh, they're just awesome, and they're just like, oh, like they've always been this person. Like when I said like my high school friends were just smarter than me, it's because they also like just fucking tried. Like yeah. they just went after it, yeah. and I didn't. And over time, it showed. Like they were in honors classes. They, you know, they they had great GPAs. So if there's anything that like is, matters to you or valuable to you. Like just put in the time. Like it's just it's just an effort game. Mm. Yeah. And if you, if you're not if you're not that interested in it, like maybe it's just not a passion of yours. Like yeah. Look Which look for things that you you want to you want to do. Yeah. So um, you mentioned sports a few times already. So outside of the the competition, what is it that really draws you to to sports, both as a viewer and as a player? Well, first of all, it's just a, a big waste of time. And I wish I was really into like <laughs> physics or things that like really good people and smart people do. Um, I think like what I love about sports is, well, one, it was like, like I was not like a, an incredible athlete, but I would say I was like above average. And mm-hmm. I just love, it was like my escape. It was like what I did and what I could do. And I just loved the challenge. Um, and then it was like, you know, watching with your family, with your dad and you like understanding like the story of like the dude who's like 17 and then, you know, goes to college and like being able to follow some of that stuff and then see him in the league is really cool for me. I love the way that like rosters are constructed, like why they choose. Um, like I love to put on the GM hat and just understand like where people are putting money 
how rosters are constructed, why they're adding certain pieces, like the best of the best and seeing like how they're putting these tremendous teams together. Um, you know, it's like Popovich using these people who are like are no names or like Bill Belichick, who I always like, I don't know. I've always loved like looking at business analogies and sports analogies in life because it's, it's like, it's my way of like structuring the world because I spent too much time on it. Um, and so like for other people, it might be something else, but like for me, I can create, I can create analogies off relationships and sports all day. Like, like Bill Belichick to me was like Steve jobs. It's like, no one knows can recreate that. Like what he does. And like Andy Reid has built all these coaches. He's like Google. Like you see lots of people come out of Google. You don't see like a ton of former like Apple people running companies the same way that we've seen Google for a long time. So I don't know for me, like I just have always, it's part of like loving the team dynamic like the love of people and like watching that story through a sports lens has been really cool for me. I don't know why I feel compelled to like watch so many different leagues and waste so much time and drive my wife insane. <laughs> Cause like at any given time I'm watching an, an important game because like there's like a championship of some sort happening at all times. Except right now, which is, are you going oh, crazy right man. now? <laughs> I've never cleaned more shit in my life. I've never done more laundry. Like it is like, like sports has been my outlet my entire life. Mm. Like things were bad at home growing up. I would go play basketball and I've always needed to like, I think my wife knows, like I play sports a couple of nights a week minimum. Mm -hmm. So like let that energy out and like compete. So, yeah, so like you, you, have, you have a pretty deep bench then I'm assuming um, using sports metaphors here in terms of a network, um, just all these things that you have been involved with. Has there been any particular moments that you can remember where um, this extensive network or friend group has helped um, you move forward in an area that you were looking for help in? The, the network of people who helped me kind of like find myself was amazing. Um, when I lost my dad, um, that was, you know, having the love and outreach. And I think that he taught me that about how to, you have a friend for you. Um, you've got a friend, um, until you prove otherwise, mm. like he truly loved every person walking out, like every stranger. It was weird. Like he would like just make little comments to people, say hi to people. And he did it in, in a, in a far greater capacity than I am right now. Um, and it was just really awesome to see, but losing him and seeing the, the love and support, um, come through and people doing everything they could and, um, all the kind words and from all over the place, people that I hadn't talked to in a long time and, um, people that I was really close with then. So, hmm. yeah. yeah. And I'm really sorry to hear about your dad. Um, were you, were you always really close with your dad? What, what was your relationship with your dad growing up? Yeah, I had a, um, a really interesting relationship with my dad. Um, he was, um, I would say, a functioning alcoholic. And um, within the fixed mindset that I had, I, you know, my dad was my superhero growing up. And um, he meant everything to me. Mm. And I think when I learned that he was, he had a drinking problem and he wasn't as perfect as I kind of um thought he was or had built that narrative to be it really crushed me and um I kind of I kind of didn't understand like what that meant for my life and so when I wasn't doing well in school and when I wasn't going where I wanted to go in life I blamed him for that and I 
had a had a tough relationship with him um, because we we really weren't very communicative about the problem. It was kind of under the rug. Um, but I mean, he's he's such a great guy and a great man, and I think it taught me so much about the duality of people and that we can't mm. view people in this binary way. We all have problems. We all have struggles. You know, he had a he had a a disease and it towards the end of my time in high school, I started to learn to love and empathize with that as opposed to like blame him for things. I had a really close friend I used to run with still have a, a close friend, family friend who one day, you know, we used to run and I used to, I was it really easy for me to get like sympathy on those types of things. And I was like this victim and he's like, what are you going to do about it? Wow. You know, and it was the first time I was like, what? <laughs> no, like I'm, that's not how this works. Like, um, he's like, how are you going to live your life? And it was the first time that I'd really like put that together. Um, and so I went through this, this whole, you know, trying to, to love him for him and where he's at and, um, had some really tough conversations, um, early in college and late in high school. And, um, I'm so grateful for that choice because we had so many more years of like true love and it wasn't me. I spent a lot of time resenting him, which I regret, I guess not regret, but you know, um, I just wish I had learned that lesson sooner. Um, but I'm grateful for all the time that we had that was filled with love and understanding. And, you know, I think we all have relationships where, we've been burned or hurt or, you know, family members that we don't get along with. And, um, him losing him a little bit sooner than people lose their dads has like taught me so much about like how fragile some of this stuff is, how important it is to like have really great deep relationships and have really tough conversations with people. Um, because there was no harder conversation than some of those conversations of, you know, I, this is, your alcoholism affects me in this way, you know, and understanding that he, he wasn't going to stop and being okay with that and knowing that he was my dad, you know, so, um, great guy, a lot of lessons in there. And, um, I'm very fortunate that we were at the place we were at, um, when we, when, uh, we lost him. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. I really appreciate it. Um, how did you balance the fact of like having such a prosperous relationship with him, but also not necessarily wanting to support some of those negative actions? You know, I think that you have to meet people where they're at. And because you have an idea of how they should live their life, doesn't mean they're ready to do that. And then, mm. you know, so he's lived his life for, you know, he was uh, 72 and so he's a little bit, old. I'm, you know, 31, he was 72. And so he was a little bit of an older dad, but I think you, he's had a whole lifetime of experiences and beliefs and thoughts. And, you know, it's, it's hard to like, be like, Hey, I just recognize this. You need to change when they're not ready to. And when they're dealing with an illness like that, you know, I think, um, I think you can control what you can control. And the, the best thing to do is love and have empathy and know that like he doesn't want to be in that situation 
like no one wakes up and they don't want to be a bad person and they don't want to, um, they don't want to do wrong and they don't want to hurt people. Like no one does. And mm. that stuff is learned and that stuff is, um, that stuff happens along the way and it's not for anyone to fix, but to support and to love and to have empathy. I think for me is, is how I, how I was able to frame that for myself. Mm, yeah, that's great wisdom. Um, I don't think many people in your situation would approach it that way. But once again, that's partially probably a hat tip to all the work you did, you know, moving from a fixed mindset into a growth mindset and your running partner, like that was such an impactful question for you to sit back and, and really take some ownership in because it's, <laughs> you're right, there, yeah. there is a space in between a stimulus and response and there's nothing you can do um, or you can't change what what he is doing, but you can change how you're responding to it. So Yeah, how it affects my life, you know? Yeah. And I was stuck in this place of like anger and hurt and like questioning things and um, was so mad that, you know, I, I felt like I could, that's, that's, I think that's the biggest thing. And I wrote this essay in high school and it said like, the thing that hurt me the most is that I think when I realized that I couldn't, I couldn't help. I think the biggest thing is that I couldn't help him. I couldn't fix him. Um, and I think that's where my anger came out of. And that's where like a lot of negative feelings came out of was like some of me hurting cause he hurt, you know, is because this guy who had done so many amazing things his entire life and, um, wasn't able to overcome this and I wasn't going to be able to like aid that in any way. Yeah. Um, as we're kind of closing up on our conversation here, it would be, uh, I, I'd be reluctant not to ask you about your career. And first, can you talk about your career trajectory, where you were and, and where you are now? Uh, <clears throat> yeah. So, um, I, I got lucky enough to have an internship at Scott trade. And, um, when that was the thing, it's a, uh, it's a FinTech firm that, uh, that is now closed. Um, and, um, working through that, I kind of fell into this, uh, product, um, development, product management, uh, space. Um, I, I got a marketing degree and, um, I had an internship in their, their digital product development, um, area and fell in love with it. You know, for me, it, it did a lot of the things that sports did, which is like, uh, working with people. And if you care and show that you're there for people, um, and you get to like, kind of, um, you know, run with a team and help solve problems. And, uh, which is really cool, you know, yeah. and it's totally by accident. Um, and through that, I met just some incredible mentors from life to relationship, you know, so much, so much, I, in the early days, especially just, I just list, uh, learned and listened to so much about their relationships and things like that, that I still carry with me today. Um, I was there for a long time until they announced that they were being acquired, um, did some, uh, product, uh, management at agile systems. I, um, had a couple of different offers, uh, by the time I went to there, um, and learned, um, how to, how to execute on things and met a lot of great people there and have in the last, uh, within the year, um, 
I'm now at Slalom, which I, I really love and doing some IT consulting there. So, um, you know, I think a lot of it is trying to like show value and learn as much as possible because the cumulative effect of that, of just mm -hmm. asking questions and, and putting in the work and staying consistent um, goes a long way. But there's just, there's just so many people out there that I think you can learn a lot from if, if you're willing to listen and ask questions. Mm. So, um, so you spent, you know, six, seven years at Scott trade, um, until the writing on the wall came with that, so you, you moved into, uh, a product management role for, you know, two and a half, three years ish time. And then yeah. you moved into your, your consulting role right now. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and you, you used a lot of, uh, chance or luck phrases in that, you know, you said lucky or I fell into or accidental. Um, hmm. But knowing you and your intentionality behind some things, I know that's not 100% true. So how throughout your career, did you spot opportunities and evaluate opportunities and then act on those certain opportunities? Yeah, I think, you know, back to network, first of all, uh, there are a lot of opportunities from from showing people you care, and showing people that you're consistent and that you'll show up. And I think I have had the had the the opportunity to turn down a lot of things or not consider things and have multiple opportunities um, because of that. I think. Um, and I it's it's hard because for me, I over title or over money, I have tried to value at this point in my career growth and learning over everything. Mm. Um, and so that has, and it just depends on what that is for you. Maybe it is money. Like maybe it is a title, maybe it is managing people, maybe it is all these things. But for me, it was, it was like, where, where can I feel like the dumbest person in the room? And luckily there's a lot of really smart rooms, uh, with a lot of great organizations. And so, um, yeah, I've, I, I do feel lucky and I do feel fortunate. Um, I think we can like look back and say, oh, I earned this. I'm and like, look, I had this growth mindset transition by the time I was ready for an internship. I thought I was going to go work for Procter and Gamble or like some like huge name company. Like I thought I was going to like take over the world. Like I was really, <laughs> like knock down walls and, you know, uh, but I was, uh, I feel lucky for the company that I fell into and the mentor, like the people, like the department I fell in, the, the culture that I was in, the people that I met, and I'm still having really great relationships with. Like, I feel lucky for all that. Um, I feel fortunate. I, I feel like I don't think I knew what I was signing up for or knew what that opportunity was. And then to come out of it, uh, I think you make what you make of it when you get there. Um, but I, I do feel like some of that stuff is, is very, um, very, I don't, I don't know if lucky is the right word, whatever word you want to insert there, but yeah, yeah I think it's, it's twofold, you know, yeah. you, everything in life you, you have, um, there's a lot of serendipity and there's a lot of things that happen. Uh, for me, like with this internship, I think I put in good work and they hired me right out of college and I had, I was very comfortable and, uh, learned just so much. Um, the same way that like I met Amber through a friend and decided to go visit her in Kansas city and something I would have never done, you know? And I think like we have these things and it just depends on like what really catches our eye and what we're willing to work towards and fail at. And, you know, for me, it's like the career stuff, like all this is 
super meaningful to me. And with Amber, you know, that was my person and I was willing to like go out on a limb and do that. So mm. it's hard for me to like, long story long. Uh, <laughs> I think that luck is an important part of things. You know, huh? it's just, this life is, is, you know, we don't get to pick this thing. Yeah. You know, we don't, it's not a choose your own adventure. Like it chooses you and then you choose what to do with it. Definitely. Kevin, if somebody resonated with you and um, wanted to connect further, or ask you a follow-up question, where what's the best avenue for them to do that? Yeah. Uh, feel free to contact me. Um, find me on Instagram at kmcwilliams21. And then uh, feel free to shoot me an email at uh, kevinp.mcwilliams21 okay. at gmail.com. Sweet. Awesome. And we'll put those, uh, if you're on YouTube, we'll put that in the show notes right below. Um, if not, you can always reach out to me and I can share his contact information with you as well. Um, so Kevin, it was a pleasure having a conversation with you. Is there anything else, final thoughts, um, that you would like to share with the audience? Um, I think no matter what situation you're in, it can always be better. And I think, I think we're in times that are really tough, especially right now, um, know that we can always put the work in to, to make it a better situation, no matter what that thing is, look for people. Uh, look for resources. Um, there are people that are willing to help you. Um, and I just want to say that I thought that this was going to be like a really chill podcast that you were just kind of like experimenting with, but uh, there was a lot of details that were in a lot of this. And so I want to expose the fact that there, there was a lot of pre-work in some of this stuff from you and a lot of great organization. And I was really impressed by, but um, so I wanted to like kind of call you out for that. Thank you. I appreciate it, Kevin. And um, I'm going to do the same back to you. I really appreciate um, in a time where I was really looking for some guidance and some mentorship above me, um, I felt like I really wanted to connect with a different group of people um, by serendipity. I found you um, and Eric and Joaquil, and I just admire the fact that you guys brought me in as the younger brother and that you put in the time and effort and, and share uh, with me, um, you know, some of the mistakes that you've made, some of the wisdoms that you've gained over the years um, to help me uh, make sure that I don't stumble down that path. And if I do stumble down that path, you're always there to, to have a, a conversation, to throw me a lifeline, to put a, a sports analogy into an easy frame of reference for me so that I understand. Um, so once again, back at you, and, and I really appreciate you. Yeah, man. Anytime. Awesome. Awesome. Well, have a great one. Thanks again for uh, being on the sandbox. And uh, hopefully this isn't our last conversation. Thanks, brother. Love See you, man. Kevin. Welcome back, everybody. Hopefully you enjoyed that conversation with Kevin. Ever since I met him four years ago, he's been a huge role model in my life. Um, but it was actually really surprising because I learned a ton about him during this interview. I just I really can't imagine high school Kevin with a fixed mindset. Ever since I've known Kevin, he's somebody that just protrudes all the characteristics of the growth mindset. So I was really surprised, um, but actually really glad and encouraged that he shared that story with me. My favorite part of the conversation was when he was talking about I am statements. Um, and whatever follows I am um, is really what shapes reality for you. So I suggest to everybody out there, I challenge everybody out there to make sure that is something empowering and not something self-defeating. A few final thoughts before everybody goes, though. Um, I have a few things going on. Uh, first, if you want to stay connected with me in between shows, 
Uh, you can follow me on Instagram at Justin Lee Peters. Lee is spelled L-E-E. Justin and Peters is phonetic. You'll figure it out. And if you're on YouTube right now, I'd love if you smash that subscribe button and turned on the bell. Likewise, for my people listening on Spotify and Apple Podcasts right now, I'd appreciate if you give me a follow so you don't miss any of my future episodes. And finally, I've been working on a big blog series. Um, it's all about networking, um, really making networking your competitive advantage. It's going to be a six-part series as of right now, but I'm actually thinking about with everything that's going on, including uh, how to virtually network. Um, but right now, the first three parts are out. That is part one, the importance of networking. Part two, mastering professional networking events. And we talk about navigating professional networking events and how to really maximize uh, each one of the events that you attend. And then finally, the third part was just released, how to be a better conversationalist, giving you tips and tricks on making conversation and leaving a lasting impression on the person that you're talking to. So if you're interested in that series, please go check it out. Um, you can find the link on my link tree, which is link, L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E slash Justin Lee Peters. And once again, Lee is L-E-E. So um, with that, I hope everybody stays safe out there. Um, I give a huge condolence to everybody who has lost their job or is uh, having a small business right now and fighting to keep that alive. Uh, but this is a great time to connect with friends and family that you've lost touch with. I know most people can't talk to uh, people face-to-face, -face, but now with um, the age of technology that we're in right now, you know, give somebody a phone call, jump on a Skype, uh, have a Skype conversation, go out and make sure that you're connecting with people during this time. And of course, huge thank you to Kevin for being a guest on my show and giving so much of his time and knowledge to the audience here. A uh, big shout out to Kyle, as always, for that um, intro music that you hear. And of course, my better half, Gabby Dimeke, for all the help with the production. It's been great having her around. And actually, we've been around a ton. We're quarantining together right now. So a uh, super big thank you to her as uh, she's had to deal with me the last seven days and, and probably another week here. So awesome. Have a great one, guys, and stay tuned for the next episode. So until next time, see you in the sandbox. Mm -hmm.